It's a, it's a privilege to be before you today to deliver the Word of God. I'm going to say a word of prayer just to start us off, and um, then we will jump into a brand new sermon series called First Things First. What better way to start off the new year uh, than talking about the things that are most important to us as Christians? And uh, we're going to be diving into the book of Colossians to really learn about the supremacy of Jesus, his preeminence in all things, his lordship, his power, and how that works itself into our lives. So join me as I say a word of prayer here. Father, in the name of Jesus, the powerful, matchless, loving name of Jesus, we come to you. This morning, the start of this week, the start of this year, Lord, at the start of this decade, to pay homage, to pay honor, and to pay glory to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, the resurrected King, who's enthroned in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. We worship you, Jesus, and we want to center our lives, our affection, our value, our motives, everything that we have, all that we are. We want it to be centered in you, Jesus. We thank you for the word of God, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you that it's a compass for our souls. Father, would you anchor us in your word here today? We pray that your law would revive our souls. We pray that your word would correct us, reprove us, encourage us, equip us. We need it. We need to eat of you this morning. And God, prepare us as we launch into a, an extended season of prayer and fasting. May the book of Colossians be a buffet for us as we abstain from food. We thank you and pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. In 2007, there was a video of a young boy named Harry and his baby brother Charlie that took the world by storm. I want to show you that video here this morning.
of all time. Charlie bit my finger, took the number one spot. To date, it has over 871 million views. Wow. This video is legendary in the viral world. And I was thinking about that for a second. I'm like, what was it that caused this video to reach so many people? You know, this idea of viral, this idea of viral videos, viral social media. And I was thinking about the, the concept of virality. If you look up virality on Google, it'll probably give you a definition such as this. It's the tendency of an image or video or piece of information to be circulated rapidly and widely from one internet user to another. The quality or fact of being viral. Studies have actually shown that certain viral videos all possess similar qualities that contribute to the success of virality. Forbes magazine actually released an article discussing some of the similarities between each of these viral videos. And they said this, they concluded that they were concise, upbeat, timely, informative, and inspiring. They said that each viral video contained these types of components. Well, church, I want to say here this morning that long before Charlie bit my finger, YouTube, viral videos, even the internet and computers as a whole, there was a message that went viral. The gospel. And there were men and women who virally spread this message throughout the world. And like viral videos today, there were certain qualities that contributed to the viral spread of the gospel. I would say here this morning that there's three key components that caused the gospel to spread virally. We'll see that in our text here today. But it's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, love for all of God's people, and a hope that is stored up in heaven. These three components were intrinsically essential and foundation for the spread of Christianity then and they are intrinsically essential for the spread of the gospel now. These things come through hearing and understanding the gospel. Viral faith, viral hope, viral love, they are essential for Christianity to spread through you and me. And they come by way of hearing and understanding the gospel. The word of God actually tells us, encourages us, exhorts us to orient our lives around pursuing these important attributes. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Love for all of God's people. And a hope that is stored up in heaven. I was doing a little bit of a study on viral videos. And it's interesting to me that the percent of viral videos on the internet are less than 1%. And there's multiple contributing factors that stop the progress and spread of most videos in their tracks and prevent them from going viral. Similarly, there are contributing and competing forces that are at work against the spread of the gospel as well. One of the greatest forces that we see in the scriptures and the epistles of Paul and Peter and Jesus himself, who we've seen throughout church history, if you were to ask Brother Dexter this morning, as he's a church historian, theologian, he would tell you about certain things that crept into the church and prevented 
Christianity from actually having its root in certain places. And what I'm getting at is false teaching. False teaching. False teaching has been around prior to Jesus' day. It was prevalent in Jesus' day, and it is very present now. False teaching. False teaching is one of the things that is continuously through the enemy. He tries to sow threads of false teaching into the fabric of God's community. And we've seen over the years that there has been erroneous thoughts, erroneous ideas of who Jesus is. And we could go through a plethora of them this morning. That's one of the most contributing factors that stops the gospel from spreading virally. Another factor, and this is also highlighted in the epistles, is relational discord and dissension in the church. These two factors were erosive for the church then, and they are erosive for the church today. And I don't want to go into a whole laundry list of current prominent false teachings, but just to name a few, agnosticism, humanism, pluralism, relativism, syncretism, atheism, spiritualism, and a handful of Christian, what I refer to as mutantisms. They're false forms or developments of the true biblical gospel. Such forms that are prevalent in our day is the prosperity gospel. A damaging teacher, teaching for the church today. Jehovah's Witness. It's a, a, a mutation of biblical Christianity. Mormonism. Christian Baha'i. Scientology. I could name a few others. And then we have these anti-Christian religions such as Muslim, Hebrew Israelites that's prevalent even in our own city of Chicago. Paul is writing to the church at Colossus because they were up against some serious false teaching. Thankfully, he instructs his people on how to overcome those, those false teachings so that they can become viral Christians who are filled with viral faith, viral love, viral hope. So let's look to the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. A letter that was written by the Apostle Paul while he was in prison in the city of Rome, coming to the close of his ministry. And he writes to this church that was experiencing tremendous gospel virality. Colossians 1, 1 through 8. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all of God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and are about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and also who also told us of your love 
in the Spirit. Paul begins this letter the same way he does with most of his letters, with a traditional greeting during which he establishes his authority as an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now remember, Paul did not walk with Jesus when he was on earth. Yet he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus, and at that point, he became an apostle, a spokesperson, a heralder of the good news of the gospel, the resurrected king, Jesus. So he establishes his apostleship of the the Lord Jesus Christ by the will of God. And Timothy, our brother, this is his disciple, and he's writing to God's holy people in Colossus. And he identifies them as the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. This is key because throughout the ministry of Paul, there were people who put their faith in Jesus Christ but ended up turning away from him. He writes about them in his other letters. He talks about certain people that betrayed him, certain people that actually had faith but then shipwrecked their faith. He's writing to this group of Christians and he's saying, you guys have been faithful. You guys have received the word of God and it has more fruit in your life. This is key when we think about the cultural context of the city of Coloss. I mentioned in the beginning the, the false teachings that are prevalent in our world, in Paul's world, the the most prevalent false teachings that the church in Colossus and other churches in those days were facing uh, were just a a couple. Paul is writing to a church that is experiencing these Gnostic teachers, Gnosticism. It was a prevalent teaching in those days. And essentially what Gnostic teachers taught was that matter is evil. Anything physical, the world, our bodies, our physical bodies, nature, it is evil. There's nothing good about it and spirit is good. Why is this a problem? Because the Bible teaches that Jesus came in bodily form. It teaches that he was born and took on flesh. It teaches that he raised from the dead. He died a bodily death and then rose a bodily resurrection. This is important. All these things point to the humanity of Jesus Christ, which is essential for proper teachings on Jesus. So they're coming in and they're like, no, no, Jesus, he wasn't real. He wasn't a human. He was kind of like this ghost that was floating around. He was spirit, all spirit. There was nothing about him that was human. There was was nothing about him that was physical. He did not come in the form of flesh. He was a deity that came and he kind of hovered around earth. Do you see how this is uh, uh, an issue? It's not a full denouncement of Jesus, but it's subtly just kind of chipping away at biblical truth as it's taught through the Lord Jesus himself and the apostles and such. So these teachers were coming in and they were also adding to the gospel. They were saying that Jesus was not incarnate one and then salvation, yeah, we believe it comes by faith. But not just faith, actually gospel teaching, the, the things that we have understood uh, in the, the teachings of Paul are good, but we want to add a special additive to it. They taught that there was an esoteric knowledge, a, 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 a pursuit of this divine wisdom that would come when you pursued it and only certain people could achieve it. 
It's kind of like uh, what's the group that teaches there's multiple levels. What is it? The, um, with the, the anchor and the eye, the all-seeing eye. What group is that? I can't think of them. What is it? Freemasons. Freemasons. Thank you. So, so it's almost a form of Freemason in the current day. They teach that there's this esoteric, and there's only a select people that get to experience this. The Gnostics taught the same exact thing, and they were creeping in and trying to sway the people in Colossus away from uh, the, the pure gospel. So there's these hybrid, distorted gospels that was spreading, and it was actually spreading like wildfire. The second of the two false teachings, so Gnosticism was one, and then the second is very prevalent in the New Testament as well, and it's just staunch Judaism. Like you add to uh, this gospel, Jesus, that we, we hear, we learned, but you have to add law. You have to be circumcised. You, you have to observe certain things in order to be made righteous. And then you can enjoy salvation. So these, these hybrid, distorted gospels were coming in and they were actually leading people away from the pure gospel. We see that in the book of Galatians. Paul's just like, who came in and bewitched you? you? You understood the gospel. Now something has crept into this teaching and has distorted it. Paul's writing to them, and his main reason for writing is to combat these attacks on the truth of the gospel and to rightly enthrone Jesus as cosmic ruler of the universe so that the gospel could go viral. Guys, I'm not here to bash other religions. I'm really not. I'm not here to um, spend all our time on Sundays talking about why they're wrong. I'm not. But you know what I know? When I talk with most people, especially the generations that are coming up in Christendom, they don't know how to defend the truth. They're overwhelmed when other religions kind of come against them and start to call them out. And, and honestly, I see the church lacking in apologetics. We need to grow, which is just simply in the defense of the truth. We need to learn how to defend Christianity. It's important. Paul went throughout the land and he defended Christianity. Colossians is a book, a letter, a piece of literature that is defending Jesus Christ. We have to understand why Colossians 1, 15 through 20 talks about Jesus as being God. He wasn't just a human. He was God. We have to understand why that this separates us from Jehovah Witnesses. This separates us from Muslims and Hebrew Israelites. This separates us. Fill in the blank. And when we pursue to understand Christ rightly enthroned as cosmic ruler over all of the universe in that proper context, Something takes place in our life. And when that takes place in our life, the gospel spreads virally. I love in verses four through six, he gives us these three viral sticking points that will prove to not only help us combat false teaching, but it will make us virally effective. If practiced, not only will they testify to our genuine faith, but they will speak to an entire world that the gospel is real, that Jesus is king, that he is Lord, that he is, sal he is the way to salvation. Paul says here in verse four, he says, because we have heard, we thank God. He says in verse three, we thank God. He's bursting into a prayer. We thank 
God, the Lord of our, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Why? Because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. We've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. I love this. Let's take a moment to break these important elements down so that uh, we can learn how to be viral Christians. Paul takes a good majority of his letter to enforce what faith in Christ Jesus looks like. But if I was to sum it up, if I was to say Paul, if he was here today and he, if he was to take Colossians and post the letter of Colossians on Facebook or Twitter this morning, he would undoubtedly attach the following three hashtags. How many tweeters do I have in the place? I know Jordan Ryan's a tweeter. You know I'm calling him out. Boy's active on Twitter. Anybody else on Twitter? Twitter's kind of a dying social media platform, huh? Jordan's keeping it alive. I think he's got stock in it. <laughs> gotta roast you, bro. Gotta roast you. If he was here today and he was given the opportunity to post Colossians on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook, he would inevitably attach these hashtags. The first one I would want to say is Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. If Paul was writing for any reason, he was writing for this reason primarily that he is Lord over all things, meaning he's master, he's chief. He's the one who commands creation. He's the one who's spoken in existence and he is the one who governs it now and he's the one who's one day gonna wrap it all up and close it up. He's Lord. And if he's Lord over all of those things, he's certainly Lord over you and me. Meaning, meaning, he deserves our obedience, our humble worship, and our submission into his hands and we can either give it to him now or he's going to take it from us later that's where we're heading towards in eternity we are heading towards understanding Jesus as Lord without any hindrance because he is Lord he is God Jesus was God in the flesh and we will learn more about this in the weeks to come. Not only would he write that, he would write the hashtag, Jesus Christ alone is sufficient for salvation. Not esoteric knowledge, not good works, not religious law, not traditions. There is no need for any of those things. There are no needs for secret passwords in order to pass through the heavenlies. Jesus' sacrifice was more than enough. It is sufficient to save us and it is sufficient to continue to sanctify us and set us apart and to fill us with transformation into these things, the faith, the love, the hope that Paul is talking about. And then he would say this, faith alone saves. We can receive and enjoy the blessing of Jesus Christ's sacrifice by faith and faith alone. And when we truly do, that faith is evidenced in viral effectiveness that bears fruit of witness and impact to others. This church was virally affecting the Apostle Paul as he sat in prison. He's like, yo, the church is blowing up in Colossus. Paul would have reposted it 
shared it. He did. He would have been tagging all of his Tychicus and Epaphroditus. And it just spread. Yeah, I know, I know, baby shark, do, 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 baby shark, do, 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 do. She don't, do not let, little baby Zaya here, baby shark, we can't let that happen. The gospel's so much more virally effective than all those things. It's taking root. It's taking root in this church at Colossus. It's bearing fruit. These people are understanding that I don't need the Gnostic teaching of secret esoteric knowledge. I don't need Judaism and all their additions to the gospel. I don't need any of that. The church at Colossus understood that it was first things first, faith in Jesus, faith in his lordship, faith in his adequacy for salvation, and faith alone to attain this favor and blessing. And if we hold fast to these, we will not over, overcome false teaching, but we will become virally effective at bearing fruit. Church, I want to I push you into understanding this thought. Jesus as Lord, Jesus' sacrifice being sufficient for salvation and faith and faith alone is not an elementary teaching that we are called to kind of leave behind. It should lead our entire Christian life all the way until we return to heaven and see Jesus. These things are what we are called to grow in and continue to keep before us on a daily basis. You've heard of the phrase shot heard around the world, right? Shot heard around the world, the opening shot in the Battle of Concord in 1775 that led to the Revolutionary War and the rebirth of the United States or the birth of the United States of America. This phrase came to mind. I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, the gospel is a shot heard around the world. And it came into the prison cell of the Apostle Paul as he's sitting in Rome. I thought about it today. I'm like, is, is the same effect happening? Is the gospel being heard around the world? Is it bearing fruit like it did in Paul's day? And you don't got to look far to see that the gospel is bearing fruit all throughout the world. People are understanding Jesus as Lord. His sacrifice is sufficient for salvation and faith, faith alone. The global south is blowing up with Christianity. The far east, churches in China, churches in South Korea, other places out there blowing up. This gospel is being heard all around the world. I know, I know you get this type of teaching often here. But it's amazing how important it is for us to constantly revisit this truth weekly, even daily, that we're not just believing something that's powerless, that's not having an effect, that's not changing people's lives, even in our context. Church, are you compelled by the power of the gospel this morning? Is it, is it rocking you like it first did? Is faith in Christ growing inside of you? Or is it kind of on cruise control? You can place it in the things that are kind of just elementary. Yeah, Jesus Christ is Lord. I say that all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sufficient for salvation. I, I know that. I believe that at one point in time. Yeah, it's, it's by grace alone, faith alone. 
These truths shouldn't grow old to us. Secondly, you see, if you turn to the next slide, that there was another viral component in the church at Coloss. It was the love that you have for all of God's people. It's amaze, it amazes me how often people are overcome by the lies of false teaching and how they lead us away from loving God's people. And it could be the false teaching of hedonism. I'm going to seek pleasure at all costs. It could be the false teaching of spiritualism. I, I, I just do, uh, I do my, 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 my relationship with God by myself. I, that's, I'm very spiritual. No, I don't need a church. No, I don't need to be a part of a community. Nope, I, I, I'm good right here. I, I, I listen to a sermon online and that's, that's how I do my love for God. I'm like, have you read the New Testament? Have you read the Old Testament? Have you read the Bible? Any parts of it? And, and you know, it comes down to it. It's just like, well, I kind of create my own thing. I have, I love the way I want to love. And I love that the fact that Paul hears not just about their faith in Christ Jesus, but he hears about their love for all of God's people. I don't know about you, but that's a tough one for me to swallow because he says love for all of God's people. This isn't just the ones who think like you, talk like you, dress like you, and vote like you. This is all of God's people. This isn't just the ones who have the same historical background as you and upbringing and cultural context and speak the same language. This is all of God's people. Oh yeah, by the way, these aren't just the people who are nice to you when you come to church. All of God's people. That's what Paul took notice of. Yeah, it is hard, Sally. It's absolutely hard. And if we're honest here today, there's people that we just don't love. We just struggle to love them. God's people. And we may say at the end of the day, I don't even know if they're saved. <laughs> they definitely ain't filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm experiencing relational conflict right now. I am currently like waist deep into a trial relationally with someone that's near and dear to my heart. And I wish I could say they weren't a believer, but they are. Now, I can't just let that be that way. I have to, I have to bear that before the Lord. I have to bring that before God. And I have to, as Romans says, to do all that I can to live at peace with all men as far as it's up to me. I have to pursue reconciliation. I have to pursue humility. I have to ask God for patience. And if it's not that person, it's another person coming up next week. And if it's not that person, it's going to be some of you. Guys, we struggle to love people. And when we struggle to love people, it's like those things that stop viral videos in their tracks. 
if you really want to be a viral Christian, you got to do business there in that hard place. You got to be willing to confess that pursue it and I understand you know you can pursue those conversations with people and they may not want to have it and that's fine but you have to be led by the Holy Spirit to do that as far as he leads you and as humble as he leads you and as patient and as persevering and as self-controlled and as loving as you can because the gospel going viral is at stake how will the world know that you are my disciples by the love you have for each other by the love that you have for each other. If we are going to overcome any type of false teaching in the world, we must continue to grow in love for all of God's people. First things first, love for all of God's people. So I want to ask you, how is God calling us to take this here in our local body, citywide, worldwide? How can we do that? How can we grow in that? Lastly, He shows us that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, love for all of God's people are produced by hope. He said these things have come, the faith and love, they come, they spring from the hope stored up in heaven for you and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. I love this. Faith and love are produced by hope, specifically a hope that is stored up in heaven, a place where it is protected by God and growing in fervor and anticipation. It's this hope that helps us combat false teachings of this world, especially the ones like the prosperity gospel, ones that teach about comfort and pleasure and our best life now. This gospel that Paul was teaching was a gospel that had heaven in mind and placing our hope in what's to come when we go home, not what is here and now. Some of my most viral, my favorite viral heroes of the faith. D.L. Moody, we know him well, a lot of us here. He planted the amazing Bible school downtown Chicago, the Bible, Moody Bible Institute named after him. In his closing days, D.L. Moody was asked, how do you feel about going home? How do you feel about dying? What's it going to be like? And he says, he says this, he says, one day you're going to read that D.L. Moody is dead. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. I'm more alive then than I've ever been. One of my favorite viral heroes of the faith, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German-born theologian and pastor who passionately stood against Hitler during World War II. The result of this standing against an evil, diabolical regime, he was hung at the age of 39 when he was on the gallows. His last words are this. This is the end of me, but the beginning of life. But the beginning of life. These viral heroes of the faith and many others held fast to their profession, overcoming the threat to denounce the Lord Jesus and adhere to a false teaching even with the consequences of pain, agony, and death. They should inspire us. They should compel us. Paul closes with this, and the worship team can come up at this point. In verses 6 through 8, 
He testifies to this type of genuine Christianity that is bearing fruit and spreading throughout the whole world, just like it's been doing since day one among you. But how? What is the reason? He says, because you heard and understood the gospel. Meaning someone preached to them faith in Lord Jesus Christ, love for all of God's people, and a hope that should be stored up in heaven. And from this, when they heard it, and God gave them grace to understand, the gospel took root in their life, and it spread like wildfire. I love that Paul doesn't leave it out in the ambiguous. He tells us exactly who modeled that for them. He says Epaphras was that viral Christian who brought it to you. He's the one who you saw it, you learned it from, and modeled after. He was a dear servant and faithful minister of Christ. He was the viral Christian that overcame the false teachings of the world by putting his faith in Christ. He was the the, the viral Christian who was growing in his love for the church at Colossus. He was the viral Christian who had a, a hope stored up in heaven. He was a viral Christian who shared the gospel who they understood it from. Our duty is to follow Epaphras. We are called to follow his example and testify to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you guys to close your eyes with me just for a moment. Close your eyes. Kids, as you're coming in, take a seat. Everybody, close your eyes. Bow your heads with me real quickly. I want us to imagine for a moment the Apostle Paul who was sitting in prison. There was another man before him who was sitting in prison as well. His name's John the Baptist. Both these men were faithful to herald the gospel, the lordship of Jesus Christ. Both heard witness and testimony of healing and faith and repentance and Jesus being enthroned in the hearts and lives of people. Paul brims over with prayer and praise because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, their love for all of God's people that comes from the hope that's stored up in heaven. I imagine him in his cell, and picture this with me, hearing word from Tychicus who delivered the letter and came back and, and shared with him what was going on. I imagine him jumping for joy and thanksgiving as he was in his confinement, running around his cell saying, yes, it's bearing fruit. The gospel is real. I'm going home to see Jesus, the one who is spreading his word and his kingdom throughout the world as we know it here today. Church, I want people to say the same thing of New Life Humble Park. I want them to say the same thing of the community of West Humble Park. I want them to say the same thing of the city of Chicago. I want people who are sitting in prison in North Korea because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to hear about Chicago, to hear about New Life Community Church and saying, yeah, 
They're overcoming the false teacher of living for now and living for the temporal pleasures. Yes, our brothers, our sisters are faithful. I want that so bad for my life. I want to be someone that when people come and see me, that they're like, man, that, that dude, Jesus is using him. The gospel is spreading virally in and through him. He believes. He's trusted, and it's bearing fruit. Some of us need reinforced faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. Some of us need revitalized love for his people. And some of us need restored eternal hope. God, I pray and ask in Jesus' name, you see each and every person in this place. I pray that you would meet them in their place of need, God, and you would make a, a powerful deposit here this morning. Help us to learn from this amazing account, Church of Coloss, who operated in these things, God. We thank you. We present ourselves to you. We commission ourselves as a church at the start of this fast, start of prayer, to do something new inside of us, to uproot our disbelief, to uproot, to uproot our unforgiveness, God, to uproot our bitterness that keeps us from operating in love for all of God's people, God. God, restore to us, revitalize our love for God's people. I pray that over our church, over my life. And Lord, Last but not least, we pray that we would be a people of hope. Some of us are hopeless this morning, and I pray that you would meet them in that place where they are experiencing tremendous darkness and revive them and restore their hope in Jesus' name. I pray this in your name. Amen.